0: welcome back everybody to episode 12 of Let's Get To It. My name is Sarah. My
1: name is Mujib.
0: And today we're going to talk about why we train. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's so dramatic when we say it. Right, right. Um, But yeah, we're going to talk about training regimens, kind of what brought us into fitness uh, in the first place and kind of some of the the things that bring us up, bring us down and all around. And th- this is going to be an interesting one.
1: Mm-hmm. And, you know, just like the the idea of training is as flavored and as colored as we are as individuals. So, like, mm-hmm. the reasons why I train won't be the exact same reasons why you train, vice versa. Um, the things that I get out of training myself won't be the same as what you get out of training yourself. So it's really, um, it's really just fun for me to think about, like, what are all the different reasons and the different things that people get out of this this experience of exercising in this way, um, especially as a trainer and somebody who sees so many different people mm-hmm. uh, come through my space to wonder when looking at a group of 12 people, like, what what is it that this person is getting out of this? What is it that that person's getting out of that?
0: Yeah, I, I, I often think about that, you know, when I, when I teach a group cycling class in particular, one of the things that I actually I pose a question to the group, you know, why are you here? Yeah. What brought you here? It's usually, it's a rhetorical question. They don't have to answer that. But I like even to get them thinking, you know, what brought you here? Why do you train? You know, mm-hmm. what what does this do for you? Um, on a cellular, cellular level, what does it do for you on the physical, mental, spiritual level? And all of those things. So I think this episode has the potential to get very personal because training is personal. Mm-hmm. Um, it's our relationship with our mats and and other things in ourselves. So, you know, I'm excited to, to go there. <laughs>
1: totally, totally. Um, and it, it kind of goes along with something that we've said before, where this idea of visualizing what we want or who we want to become, things like that. Um, I know for myself, my, my experience training and my history training is a lot about that, like me seeing a potential to to reach a certain level and then trying to do whatever I needed to do to build the foundation to get there mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um, with kettlebell training it's at least the way that I was introduced to it um, it's very obvious because you have these three different weights and then I'm told that I'm gonna be able to lift this third weight which right now is completely unaccessible you know I, I, I don't I can't do this and you're telling me I'm gonna be able to do it ten times or whatever um, so to be able to like allow myself the belief, the -hmm. faith that I'm going to have the ability to build the foundation necessary to support this thing, even though my frame right now is not strong enough to or whatever. Um, And then also to have the benchmarks Mm -hmm. that let me know like this is where you're getting or this is how I'm getting along with this process, things like that. So again, um, training for, I think for the trainer, the training experience is going to be a little bit different from the person who would be Seeking out our services, yeah. Um, so it's also I, I'm excited to hear some of that the the background, the deeper yeah. end of like what it is that we got into this for, or what got us into it.
0: Yeah, know? and what I love too is is that you know with with training, it's there's an art and a science. Mm-hmm. So there's that there is that faith. You know, if someone tells you you know you're going to be able to lift this, well, there's an element of faith that goes in there, but there's also that element of science um, that there's there is a process Mm -hmm. right and and I can geek out on that too so um there's there's definitely people you know when you you like your tech stuff and you like your biofeedback and and all the other things that you can geek out on fitness because it's very scientific but there's also this beautiful art Mm -hmm. to it and 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 movement is um you know it can be it's just beautiful or it's a, it's expression. And, um, so that's, you know, I can geek out on both sides well, of that too. Uh, yeah, it just took me
1: to a whole different heavy place. That's awesome. Oh, um, excellent. Cause I think about how much of science in, in terms of certain, certain aspects, science is really just kind of like the proof. It's, it's mm-hmm. the thing that we're doing to prove that this thing that we believe is true is actually true, right. you know? And so, um, it's, 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 very much like a chicken or an egg situation with fitness. Like, is it, is it the art of fitness that led to the science of fitness? <laughs> is it the science of fitness that allows us to have the artistic movement, you know? Yeah. Um, and yeah, again, so we can definitely dive down that hole. Cause I know for myself, like, when I first got into exercising, and, and let's just even be a little bit more particular, when I first got into weightlifting with mm-hmm. kettlebells, particularly, um, I didn't know anything. I barely knew anything about the anatomy other than what I knew that I could touch on mm-hmm. my own body. Like, I know that this is my biceps or that these muscles up around my neck or something, but I don't know what they're called, you know? Yeah. Um, I barely even knew what the movements were called right. at that, you know? But I knew that when I did them right, they felt a certain way. Yep. And then I learned later in life that that's because of alignment and that's because of engagement and muscle sequencing and things like that. Um, so
0: yeah, One of my greatest things when when I go into Mujib's studio and train with him is the you know, I love the posters that you have in your studio and, Mm -hmm. and to see how excited you get to like, oh man, let's go look at the lymphatic system and (laughs) the nervous system and the muscular system, whatever. And, and you can really geek out on that. And, and that's just, that's like so exciting. And so it's, it's interesting. Yeah, we all had that day one, you Mm -hmm. know, um, you know, we didn't just wake up with the knowledge, you know, none of us kind of knew what we know now. Mm -hmm. Um, and we've since you know with experience and studying and training ourselves get there but um like i just i love that and part of one of the reasons why i I choose to train with you is because i'm always learning something i'm always learning about the interconnectedness of of the systems and and what's happening and um and i just i love that it's not like we're just going in and just throwing weights around. Mm-hmm. You know, it's I, I feel like I get a little bit of a cerebral experience. You know, I'm really learning about the body and then I can feel the physical effects, you know, of that. And it's like, oh, you know, that's so cool. So you know, that's, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah, I, love I love that. that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now we're officially the same person. You heard it here first. Yep episode 12 it happened (laughs) you owe me a coke oh man so yeah let's talk about that so you know obviously people know by now that kettlebells is your you know drug of choice if you will Uh, that's your thing and you know obviously what's the thing that that led you to that point or who opened that door for you
1: Mm, yeah i mean i had a friend of mine who was going through uh basically a chemotherapy treatment and he was in a situation where he had been very strong previously like one of Mm -hmm. the strongest people that I'd ever seen in my life Um, and so when he got laid up his dad got him like basically was like the kettlebell is how you're going to get yourself back up you Mm -hmm. know as you as you're getting stronger again. based on the fluidity of the movement, the way that, you know, we're using a lot of momentum to move it. It's not its not as like grueling on the body when you really understand how to make it flow. Um, it's an easy way to kind of get strong, it feels easy, um, and it, again, has a very direct progression. You use this one until it you feel comfortable enough to use this one, and so on and so forth. So. Um, I really started lifting a friend of ours, a mutual friend of ours kind of introduced them to me. Um, and then when we ended up in the same space, we would always lift together. And then as the summer went on, you know, we were doing like a Roman board sort of job at a summer camp or whatever. Um, but as the summer went on, then the staff dwindles down and then you're just kind of left with the core staff. Mm-hmm. And so it was me and my friend here. And basically, it was a lot of like, just lifting and trying to learn from him, but then there was also this solidarity that he was lifting every single day, you know, mm-hmm. like, he would do something with the kettlebell every day, and I remember asking him, like, why, What? What is, what is lifting it doing for you, he was like, well, it makes me feel strong, like, this is the thing that actually makes me feel like I'm creating strong blood cells, you know, mm-hmm. and so... He was letting me know, you know, it was painful. His body was always like in this state of discomfort going through the process. Um, But at the same time, the kettlebell training and the lifting of the weights was making him still feel strong in his body. Um, So for me, it just kind of like solidified it in my brain like, oh, this is a practice. And I watched him. Alone. Aside from that, like I watched him go from a 35-pound kettlebell to lifting a 70-pound kettlebell mm-hmm. in the course of a, a few months of building his strength back up over wow. the year or whatever. Um, and then I watched him go to a 90-pound kettlebell. And last time I saw him, he's like, "Yeah, I pressed a 200-pound anvil." You know, things like that. So you're just like, okay, like I watched this person literally go from being laid up to now being, you know, father of three and married and you know, strong and very strong in his own right. Um, And so that was, like, my introduction into Mm kettlebells. So I was an instant believer. I'm like, this shit works. I can't lift that 70-pound kettlebell or that 50-pound kettlebell, and I can barely lift this 35-pounder, but I know that if I can keep on lifting this one, then I'll be able to lift that one and then so on to the next one. Um, And then enter, like, a Vermont winter in Worcester. You know what I mean? So, like, (laughs) I'm living in Worcester, Vermont, which is just between two mountains, essentially. Um, And basically, like... I didn't have any, i drive home 45 minutes to get home. I'm not going anywhere once I get home. So yeah. I just got my kettlebells and a VHS tape or something like a DVD or something like that. We're taking and, um, it way back. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, watching them again, it, it was shitty instruction. That wasn't good instruction on those videos. You oh know? boy. Um, and so it was just You're very You're not going to put like, that
0: person on blast, are you? No, no, <laughs> okay. I won't.
1: I won't. They'll come and sue me or something. Oh
0: yeah. You're a good guy.
1: <laughs> but it's basically like, you know, like. Here's this device that is gonna give me the feedback necessary. If I'm doing it wrong, it's gonna let me know. If yep. I'm doing it right, it's gonna let me know. And you know, by episode twelve, our listeners and you both we all understand like that's that's my personality. Right. Like I want something right. to give me feedback, yep. like help me define my edges, help me understand like where my limitations are, so on and so forth, so that I can deal with so I can know what I'm dealing with mm. in life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um and so long story medium, not to go any much longer onto it because I could obviously talk about it forever. Um, that was it. Just like my roommates would leave. They'd go to their martial arts classes or their other classes or they'd go away for a week to go to their their studies or whatever. And I would do a lot of personal study. I was studying Spanish at the same time and lifting at the same time and learning a little bit about anatomy. And it was just like that was my mental practice was staring at the snow, lifting kettlebells. And you know, watching myself just go from feeling, not meek, but I didn't feel very strong, Mm, mm -hmm. um, to feeling, you know, like I was, like I could throw two people over my shoulders and run down the hallway, you know, so that was like my introduction into kettlebell training.
0: That's awesome, that's Mm -hmm. awesome. As, you know, I'm listening to you talk about this, and I keep, I keep kind of trying to draw parallels between finding your fitness thing, and, and like dating, or finding a partner. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I, I really believe that you know, we have sort of a, a movement soulmate, you know, that there's something that's really going to speak to you and, and be your thing. And when I used to teach um, introductory cycling classes, I would open with, you know, this may be your thing, like this may be your holy grail of movement, and you're going to love it, and, it, and it's going to be your thing. Um, if it's not, keep searching. Because when you find the thing that really speaks to you, then that you're gonna wake up and want to do it you know you're not gonna wake up and dread you know that session with the kettlebell right that's not productive Mm -hmm. that's not a that's not a healthy relationship with the kettlebell Mm -hmm. if you wake up and you're like i hate this thing you Mm -hmm. know and and maybe that works for some people maybe they want that antagonistic relationship but i you know i want to wake up and crave it or or love what i get out of it um you know so that's healthy so to kind of find your thing and, and maybe you find that you're monogamous. Maybe you just like one thing. Um, Maybe you're polyamorous. Like maybe you like, I don't know, like, you know, figure out like you're kind of a promiscuous fitness person. You try anything. Um, (laughs) But I, you know, I, I, I really do, you know, I always encourage people to just try different things and see what really speaks to your soul. See what really moves you, so to speak. Right, right. That you want to do. And, you know, yours is clearly the bells and, and, you know, to, to see you get, you know, excited about it, you know, makes me like, oh, I can't wait to lift my kettlebell. Mm. But when I truly think about like what gets me up in the morning, it's cycling. Right. And mm. even more specific, it's indoor cycling. Mm. Um, because I, I think I've mentioned this before, like I don't own an outdoor bike. Oh. So <laughs> this may come as a shock to people, but um, I've been doing... My thing, I've been a cycling instructor for nine years and I've been doing this particular job for eight. And um, I do not own a road bike, I do not own a mountain bike, and I do not do either. Um, and that's because, you may say, oh, but why, you, you do indoor cycling? It's because it's about the music for me. That the, the indoor cycling is about DJing the party and it's about the connection between rhythm and music and, and biking, so for me to just go outside and hop on a bike. Like I'm not getting my kicks by doing that. Right. Um, so it's not just about, you know, moving my body in a certain way.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, it's about that combination of, of the music and um, element to, to the riding and that's kind of what makes it so special. Right. Um, so yeah, I, you know, you ha- how old were you when you kind of had your- 22. 22, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, I got introduced to spinning when I was 20 um so yeah we're both pretty much the same age so yeah vhs (laughs) um but yeah not so you know i i found myself in a in another country and um i was on a study abroad trip and i was a senior and in college and just kind of walked into this gym and didn't speak the language and there was a woman that owned the gym and Constance is her name. Shout out to Constance, who lives in Maastricht, Netherlands. She's definitely not listening to this right now, but just in case, like she's a badass. And um, she just celebrated her 50th birthday. So this is 15 years ago. So I'm a 20 year old woman who's, you know, seen this 35 year old kick some ass and teach like amazing cycling classes. And what I could understand was the music. So there was a language barrier. And it didn't matter. Like I didn't, you know, granted what I've gotten a little bit more out of the experience, probably if I knew, you know, what they were saying. Um, but uh, but it was the music and it was just so hype and, and I, you know, I fell in love. You mm-hmm. know, I, I finally felt like I found something um, that just was exhilarating and exciting and made me want to go to the gym and not do things for other reasons now. We had kind of a pre-conversation, sort of a primer, just Mujib and I, and, um, you know, I think it's important to talk about, you know, why we train and, and what gets us to to training and some of those experiences. And, and I know my, you know, my former self, when I was in my teens and 20s, I would t- train to reach a particular objective, which was burn a certain amount of calories to obtain a physical objective that was a body type that I don't naturally have. Um, so that's a vague way of saying I developed a case of body dysmorphia and, and an eating disorder, which was not healthy. And so those training goals, what always led me to the gym or a particular sport, was it was a means to an end um, and not in a healthy way, in a very pathological way and very damaging way. Um, and I don't regret any of that experience. Um, and I know a lot of our listeners probably struggle with either body dysmorphia and eating disorder, perhaps have a child who does or a parent or a sister or friend or brother or whoever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's a very relatable thing, you know, you know. or there have been times when you've, you're you just like, I hate this thing, but I'm going to push because fill in the blank. Um, and I'll just say that's not a healthy relationship to exercise and to training. Um, and I feel very comfortable saying that because I've lived that unhealthy experience, and um, you know, overtraining was not a- achieving objectives that were healthy. Um, I know what it's like to ha- to be in that overtraining syndrome. It feels terrible. You can really mess up your adrenal system. Um, you can just have long-lasting effects. You know, from 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 overtraining and, and being irresponsible with nutrition and and other things and. And granted, there's a lot of stuff going on, you know, for me, like exercise, it was a coping mechanism. It was a means to an end. It was all kinds of things. But those of you that have come to Rev, when you fast forward, when I was able to get healthy, get help and get healthy and choose to get healthy um, in mind, body and spirit by working with a therapist, by like doing the work, um, my whole studio was designed with that experience behind me. So I knew I was like, I'm going to have a studio that doesn't track calories. You get on my spin bikes and you don't have, you don't have that feedback because I was like, I don't want people to come in here and then zero in on the screen in front of them and only pay attention how many calories they're burning. I want you to listen to my sultry voice. (laughs) (laughs) So that's number one. You come into the spin studio, there's no mirrors. You might say what the hell you, you you fitness studio you don't have any mirrors in here we're sitting in here in the spin room with no bikes and we're recording the session there's no mirrors in here mm-hmm. why mirrors can be a trigger we're in the dark why so that you don't look over two bikes down to so and so and keep comparing yourself to them right so We don't talk about weight loss. We don't talk about the body. We talk about being strong. We talk about showing up. We talk about loving what we do. We talk about loving ourselves, not hating ourselves, like et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that's all because yours truly went through all of the reasons and more that are so detrimental to showing up to the gym. And if there was something that I could do, it was to create a space where I didn't want to do any additional harm to somebody that might be triggered, that's already going through it, that with an eating disorder or body dysmorphia, et cetera, Mm. that we're going to make this a safe place where you can exercise because of what it can do for you and what it can provide physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, without all of the other stuff. So we can talk more about that, but that's a huge sort of like piece for me of why I train and no longer training because I've got to burn X amount of calories and I've got to have a six pack and I've got to reduce, you know, this and that or grow this or that or whatever. It's just, no, I mean, I, I want to be here. I want to be exercising because of how it makes me feel. Right. 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 Right.
2: Right. Yeah.
1: And you know, that's, God, I relate so much to that, that emotion or that feeling or that energy that comes with it. You know Mm. what I mean? Because it's, and I, and I, I want to inspire people that are listening to that, to, to kind of hear the specifics of that, is like, Mm. how do the things that we're doing make us feel? Yeah. While we're doing them, before we're doing them, after we're doing them, um, is it, is it uplifting up? Is it making us feel better about ourselves? Is it, is it, is it for that sake, and not because I'm I think you said it earlier it's greatly is like am i doing it as a punishment for myself mm-hmm. or for not living a lifestyle that i think i should be living or am i doing it because it gives me it feeds some sort of spark in me you know what i mean and it, like for me in working with people one-on-one it's trying to well first of all it's kind of what you said already where it, 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 you know your flavor you mm-hmm. know and i think about it as a harmony like mm-hmm. like when when we add an exercise or a fitness practice into our lives whether it's weightlifting or spinning or dancing or just static movement or whatever it is um it has a harmony with our entire selves like yeah. for me the kettlebell had a harmonious addition to my life mm-hmm. you know it, it it lined up with the rest of my lifestyle what i needed and in, in in it it gave me that you know what I mean Um, and I try to try to realize that the people that come through my doors are they're in that same boat I think I've said it before a lot of the people that I work with share a lot of similar characteristics with me like even if they're not exactly as I am even if we come from two different places I mean you're a prime example like we have a lot of a lot in common, even though we don't come from the same place, we mm-hmm. didn't come at fitness from the same direction, mm-hmm. and we don't even approach fitness in the same exact way, you know? Yep. Um, but you share something with me which makes you want to come and learn from me, you right. know? Um, and so for me to to always try to encourage that harmonious feeling, and you, you can speak to that, that like the emotion that I want you to have is that this feels right, it fits yeah. right, it feels good, you know what I mean? It's not that... You know I'm, I'm never gonna try to beat you up right you know like i always say that the weight doesn't have a brain like it, <laughs> it's not a opponent it's a training tool like it's not supposed to win it's right. never supposed to win yeah. i'm always supposed to be victorious over the the weightlifting thing that i'm doing yeah um for me fitness is interesting i and you know like when you and i really got to talking about just everything, but once we started really having conversations, I had to. I started asking myself these questions around fitness and training, mm-hmm. and and kind of defining myself within the realm of trainers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm an in, I'm a pretty unconventional trainer. Like I've never had a trainer like I like I am a trainer to other people. Um, I I have a sweater on and jeans, right? Mm-hmm. I worked out in this before I came here, yep. <laughs> like that sort of idea. Um, but at the same time. Um, I also didn't come at fitness and still don't approach fitness like an athlete, Mm. you know? Mm -hmm. Like I've I've always been athletic, you know, I grew up playing basketball, I grew up playing football, I grew up boxing and running, racing people in the street and stuff like that. Um, But it was never for the sake of sport, you know? Like, I played football because my mother was like, that's a team sport, you should play it and learn some things about how to take a hit or hit people or whatever, like, get some of that energy out. Played basketball, same deal. Like, uh, the kids in the neighborhood want to play ball, so you got to be good at doing the thing. But I very much approach training more from the standpoint of, like, I think about it like a gladiator almost more than an athlete. Mm -hmm. So I'm more like a warrior in that way. So, like, I've always, my whole life I've trained to, to, to be ready for combat, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm not, and I don't, like, I'm not a jujitsu practitioner, like, I don't go to jujitsu classes and things like that. I've never, I've also, like, I've never been into that too much, like, mm-hmm. to go to a martial arts class or something like that. I had people around me that were, like, you got to learn how to fight, you got to know how to fight, you got to have a physical prowess, so mm-hmm. for me, that's always what my training has been about, is, like, nah, no, I got to be able to, like, clobber Five people, if they're trying to attack me or my Mm -hmm. friends or my family or whatever, it's just that's always been my mentality. That's what led me to training. So I train like that. Like Mm when I when I exercise, I don't. Maybe I'll take my sweater off. Maybe I'll take my jewelry off, like my 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 big ring and my my bracelet. But other than that, nah, man. Like I get I. I should be able to lift even without doing those things because to me, I am training a readiness to be. That somebody just came through this door with a problem with us mm-hmm. and I have to be able to jump up as fast as I can, jump over them, you know, deadlift them, you know, do all <laughs> these, that's a joke, right? right? But I do have to be able to like have a physical prowess in that moment. So for me, and again, I only bring this up because that, that's, that's an obvious difference for why two people might approach fitness. Like mm-hmm. you might think, oh, you want to be a, a gladiator or a warrior, like why don't you go take a martial arts class? Right. I know how to fight. I need mm-hmm. to be a brute. I need to be a brolic person, I mm-hmm. need to be able to fight a bear, you know what I mean, or something like that. Yeah. Like, that's that's my mentality, that's what led me to, to exercise in the way I do, and that's why I exercise the way that I do. You know? Yeah. So I love that, that you correlated your own love for it is less of the biking and the cycling, it's more of the music it's and the, the music. DJ, it's like a residual is that you're on a bike, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, the reality is, I mean, it it just so happens that being on the bike and the revolutions per minute have a correlation with the beats per minute in the song. It just, it just gels. Cause you might listen and say, okay, cool. Like run with your iPod or I don't know, are iPods a thing anymore? Again, dating myself.
1: I was wondering that yesterday. Were you? Like, are there iPods
0: really I anymore? I don't, I think there's a few relics out there. Let us know if you have an iPod. Um, you know, someone might say, okay, well, to get inside my brain is to know that if I put a song on, I'm going to start to move to the beat. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm not a trained dancer by any means, but Mujib's seen it. Like, get you get a beat going. We had this experience on Saturday. We were doing a move outside, a bodyweight move. It was the best. Um, it was just pure joy. It was just awesome. Like, that was my happiness gauge was, like, through the roof. Oh, yeah. But um, that being said, like, if there's music on, my body wants to naturally just do the thing to the beat, whatever it is. If I've got some dumbbells in my hand, I'm gonna start doing curls, whatever the beat is. Um, I train with Mujib, we get a song on and my kettlebell swing and my whole form kind of starts to slow down or speed up sort of based on where that beat is, if I can make it work. Um, so the same thing. So cycling just lends itself to kind of Driving that driving that beat and like really getting into it. And, you know, obviously it's it's a huge industry You know, I'm not the only person who figured that out, obviously (laughs) Um, but it just there's a synergy there that just like that works Um, and so I mean I remember I used to have a road bike So it's not like I've never owned a bike I used to have a road bike and I'd put headphones on and I'm very lucky I've not gotten hit by a car Mm. Because I would just I'd try to start riding outside to whatever song was coming on and you know then i'd hit a big hill and i'd get into some trouble <laughs> or you know whatever it was and i'm like okay this is just too challenging or you know i can't hear the traffic i'm suddenly not i need to be paying attention right mm-hmm. but yeah i just sort of found that this is the thing and it's almost like you know people talking about you know you you meet that person and you're just like yeah this is my person or whatever you know f- for me that's kind of the relationship i have to this form of fitness like i I literally remember my first time (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i'm like this is this is it this is my thing this is um this is gonna take me to where i want to go um and you know i'm thankful that it's also the thing that helped pull me out of a very negative relationship to training and exercise Mm -hmm. like a very you know detrimental and 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 one that was based on punishment and punitive and, um, you know, and there are coaches out there, you know, this is, now I'm speaking directly to coaches and trainers. You have a responsibility to other human beings. You have a moral responsibility with people's lives and their spirit and their self-esteem. You have a lot of power in your role as a trainer, as a coach, um, where you can set someone up for great success or great failure. Mm-hmm. And I know I take the responsibility very seriously. I know that I'm very mindful of how I word things, how I speak to people, what things I leave out. Um, you know, I, I don't make comments about people's bodies. Um, I am very careful, careful to speak about how we train for energy and strength, Um, that it's not about, you know, I've had coaches or instructors or trainers where the goal has to do with pant size and pounds lost and other things. Um, The goal is always almost purely a physical one in terms of physique and look. Again, not feel, but look, um, which I think can be very negative. I've had coaches in my life that have put me in a box based on how I physically present, saying you're not built for the sport. Mm-hmm. Um, this is all really, really dangerous stuff. Um, and so again, I'll just sort of say again, you know, if you're a trainer, if you're a coach, again, you can really trigger someone or set someone on a long path um, of, of someone not feeling like they're enough, mm-hmm of someone suddenly viewing themselves in a way that they you know they don't match up you just you, you have a huge responsibility um and you know it's it's one i know I, I take that really seriously personally just having just been on the other side of someone that i feel like was flippant or, or negligent or flagrant and maybe just didn't get it mm-hmm. um so but yeah i take that responsibility really really seriously um yeah I mean I want people to I want people to train train because you love yourself
2: right right
0: train because you respect yourself Mm -hmm. train because you deserve to have your best self Mm -hmm. um and and use those tools and 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 to to make yourself feel better and strong and worthy you know don't beat yourself up because, you know, if you're going to a trainer and you walk through the door and the first question they ask is what do you, what'd you eat last night? Mm. And then based on your answer, okay, well, you're going to give me a mile run and 25 burpees. We've all, you know, this coach, mm. you know, this coach, mm. how did that make you feel? Mm. Did you love that? Did you love yourself? Did you feel good about that? You know, I've, you know, I'm, I'm old enough. I'm wise enough now. And I meet a person like that and I go, no, thanks. Right, right, right. That doesn't work for me. Right. That doesn't work for me
1: because like you said something in the previous episode like lead with compassion and it yeah. was it was in reference to something else but um that's like a theme for our life really mm-hmm. in a lot of ways you know and how we treat ourselves how we treat other people and you know it's a process like we yeah. we both talk about having negative self-image at some point in our lives and still having to go back and forth with that you know it's not like I found a magic cure for the voice in my head that tells me that I'm not worth it, enough mm-hmm. or whatever. Like, um, but I can be compassionate to myself. You know, I can be, I can give myself the 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 love and the the respect and the softness that I need to give myself, the gentleness that I need to give myself. Um, you know, and again, it's it's one of those things that's like. It's it's still personally specific right mm-hmm. it's modal it's it's based on the modality as well right i i i train a very specific way in which everything that we're doing is already hard enough and right. we don't have to make it any harder right. in fact we're trying to make it feel as easy as possible yeah. i'm trying to make it feel as calm as possible i'm trying to make your body love what we're doing yeah. so that it will want to do it more yep. you know i'm trying to make it want to i'm trying to make it hungry you yeah. know like I'm trying to stoke your fire up I'm not trying to burn all your fuel you see what I yeah. mean yeah and I train people the way that I train myself and I, I don't know if you said it to me but somebody said it to me the other day they were like and it obviously works or else <laughs> you know what I mean like you're watching me do something and and the person is like I wouldn't I, like you can say all these words to me and mm-hmm. they're they mean one thing but when I watch you do it then I is the proof and it's in the pudding like that feels easy to you? And I'm like, yeah, right. no, like it, it feels as easy as driving 95 South in Hartford, Connecticut, coming from Vermont. Yeah. Like, does it really feel easy? No. It feels fucking dangerous and scary. <laughs> Right?
0: Yeah, it gets really Maybe fast it's not down there. I mean, you know,
1: 91 is, I think, what I'm thinking yeah, 90, of. Yeah, right?
0: 91. Yeah, 91 goes um, to 95.
1: Right, right. right. <laughs> but either way, like you gotta, like for me, I have to be on top of my shit. Like I have to yeah. be on top of my game there. And but once I am, once I understand, like this is where we are, both hands on the wheel. Definitely check this, check all the mirrors. I'm gonna go a little bit faster now. I'm gonna drive a little bit more aggressively. Mm-hmm. Once I'm there, turn that music back up. Let's keep cruising. Mm-hmm. Let's keep, now we can keep talking. You know. So again, it's like. I want, I want everybody that I work with, but every, really everybody that I come in contact with to feel more comfortable, safer with this dangerous heavy shit that we're doing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And because I want you to feel like it is not just good for you, but pleasurable. Like mm-hmm. I want the, I get so much pleasure out of my practice. Like yeah. it makes me feel good. It makes me feel powerful. It makes me feel like I want to, to continue to do what I'm doing, it yeah. never makes me feel like I, I like I'm, fuck man, I, I just gotta get the reps in or put the put the work in. You know what I mean? Like maybe put the work in. That's that's one thing, but like I'm not gonna like castigate myself for the training practice if I don't do it the way that yeah. I see somebody else doing it. You yeah. know? Um, because again, it's my own personal thing. It's like meditation or mm-hmm. prayer, right? Like if you're meditating and you get to some certain level of of of, you know calm mind or easy breathing or whatever, um, and I try that same thing It doesn't work for me, it it's, doesn't make sense to my person to then beat myself up and say, well, I'm not just worthy of meditation. Well, right. maybe my meditation needs that metronome that
2: mm-hmm. ch- ch-
1: ch- to center my mind. Mm-hmm. Or maybe my meditation needs to be in nature, mm-hmm. looking at the lake. Maybe my eyes don't need to be closed. Maybe my eyes need to be open. You know, so it's again, it's, it's, it's trying, to, trying to find that harmony trying yeah. to find that thing that speaks to my soul and I have to be compassionate enough with myself to know that that's what I'm trying to do I'm trying to find something that speaks to my soul I'm mm-hmm. trying to find something that that even even within the same practice you're a different person. I need to find the way that the practice speaks to your soul right because you know you might do more reps in a set or in a in a, in a session yep. than I would do myself right you right. know because that's the way that your soul is fed yeah right. Yep i'm not going to train you the exact way i train myself i'm just going to give you all of the tools that i use to feed myself it's like cooking yeah you know mm-hmm. it's like i can show you how to use the knife i can show you which pan is going to be the best i can show you where this is the spice rack <laughs> right yep but after that go ahead and have it it's your flair it's your food it's your enjoyment maybe i'm not going to eat with you i'm going to keep it moving yeah you go ahead and cook what you want but the whole time that you're cooking you're not going to ask yourself like my Jeep's better at using this pan. My food sucks, you know, Ugh. because that's that again is not that's not what we're going for. We're going for sustenance.
0: Yeah. Um, definitely take away from that from that set. Stoke it up. Don't burn it down. Yeah,
1: that's my favorite <laughs> analogy is like, stoke, <laughs> stoke it up. It up like, don't
0: burn it down. I and, love that.
1: And If you think about it, like, I mean, I'm also an outdoor educator. So like, I've spent a lot of time around fire mm-hmm. and there's a lot of the analogy Of building fires and maintaining fires over long periods of time that correlate directly with exercise, not overtraining, not getting the fire to burn so hot that I can't control it anymore. Um, Knowing when I need to to stoke the fire, knowing Mm -hmm. when I need to lay lay back a little bit, knowing when it's time to just enjoy the flame, you know, and and just go dancing or go swimming or just sit down. Don't even move. Like, don't move.
0: We, you know, that just, that brings me to something, you know, we, we live in a culture sometimes that just is just so excessive and that just says push 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 till you can't push anymore and then do it again Mm. (laughs) and then do it again and you know no (laughs) and you know maybe we've all been there at one point where you think you know like we were talking about earlier the box jumps you know like Mm. another rep another jump or you know to take ourselves to complete depletion and exhaustion and and um you know, that's okay to do once in a while to test the body, like to see where I'm at. Is it okay to do that every day? No, that's not sustainable. It's not a desirable state of being, um, to put yourself in fight or flight mode constantly every single day is, is not healthy. Your cortisol levels are through the roof. Like, you know, that's going to have residual impact. You want to make sure you're sleeping, that you're resting, that you're recovering. And, you know, as you know, we're not middle age, but as we're, you know, further along in our training careers and, and fitness, you know, what I know now, you know, there's no way I would go back to training the way I used to train
2: mm-hmm.
0: even six years ago. You know, what I've learned in the last five, six years, um, about what I need about adding recovery about, you know, you know, so many people just think, you know, if I'm not going hard, I might as well not be here. Mm. Well, okay. It doesn't have to be that black and white. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. That's
1: like saying if I'm not driving 105 miles per hour, I'm not driving anywhere.
0: Right. I'm yeah. gonna stay here. Um, yeah. You know, when you look, you know, you look at it a different way. You're like, oh, of course. Um, so, you know, that's that's important to sort of find that balance and, like Mujib said, harmony. Um, it's okay. We we the amount of you know clients I have that will beat themselves up about, oh, you know, I took a rest day yesterday. God. Piece of shit. (laughs) I'm like, Mm -hmm. "Um, that's great. Mm -hmm. You needed that rest day. You know, so many people right now, especially because of the pandemic, you know, are, you know, making light of, oh, I gained the COVID-19 and all these other Mm -hmm. things. Or, you know, you know what? My body's changed. Your body may have changed. Maybe it hasn't. Um, You know, we're in a very interesting time where our routines are different. Our bodies need something different. Um, You know, how can we sort of seize on this moment and maybe say, oh, you know what? I was going 100 miles an hour constantly, and now I'm thinking about things differently or I I literally can't do that anymore, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it certainly made me think about things a little differently and, um, you know, what do I need or what speaks to me, what kind of training, you know, if if I don't have a built-in routine of teaching two to three classes a day, then now I'm a little bit more mindful, okay, then what, how am I going to train now, you know, um, if that's not already set up for me? Um, You know, what do I like? What do I don't like? And it goes back to a previous episode of knowing myself, um, or getting to know yourself. And I just, you know, I'm, as I get older, and the, the, the deeper I get into to sort of fitness and training, I'm just honestly, like, if it doesn't, bring meaning or make you feel joyful or powerful or better about yourself Then why Mm. are you doing it? Um, Like, let it go. And if you wake up one morning and you don't feel like training or hitting the mat or getting on your bike or going for that run and lacing up or whatever, then don't. Right.
1: Because it's, if you say it, if you flip what you said just now Mm -hmm. and you say it from another way, if you say it another way, then it's obvious. Mm -hmm. Like, If it makes you feel meaningless, (laughs) if it takes away your joy, if it makes you feel like shit, why the fuck would you do that? Right. Why would you, why would you willingly do that?
0: Right. Right? Why would you put yourself through that? You must hate yourself.
1: So exactly. So the flip side is like, I want, I want to feel like the thing that I'm doing is giving me meaning. I want to feel joyed by the thing that I'm doing. Yeah. Because that. That's our gift to ourselves. Yep. You know, like you're giving yourself the gift of fitness. If you're, if you're training with a trainer, you're spending your money on it. Yep. Right. So you're buying yourself something. Why not buy yourself something nice? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Especially if it's like, if it is just your own time, your own space, your own, you're spending an hour to go to this place and do this thing, like make it nice, like make yourself feel better about it. You don't go and get shitty haircuts just because (laughs) we need haircuts. Right. I got a shitty haircut. Fuck. I suck. You know what I mean? (laughs) like not not again, because and I don't want to make too light of it, because I know that somebody is listening to this, and you're at the beginning of this journey
2: yeah. right now,
1: like you're still coming out of that space where it's like, but I, I'm, I'm still training for all the reasons that you all are telling me I shouldn't right. be training, right. um, understand that it's, it is a journey and mm-hmm. you are on maybe the first steps of that journey. And maybe, well, I'll say this definitely for myself. I didn't start training with this as my end goal like my life now as a trainer or as a a fitness professional like that wasn't my goal like all i wanted to do was be able to lift weights after work or before i went to work or whatever i just wanted to be able to use this kettlebell so i could feel extra strong whenever i was going to go and do the other things in my life that i needed to do Mm -hmm. Um, but you add the compassion that i talk about approaching the technique with and you add all of the different things that i physically got out of it and emotionally got out of it Uh, plus my own personality as a teacher and there you have a trainer you know what I mean but for the for the most part I say that all to say that wherever you're at with your movement practice with your your lifting practice exercising practice be there and Mm -hmm. try to understand yourself as much as possible within that space and ask yourself what you're getting from it ask yourself what it's giving you ask yourself what parts of you it's feeding are are those the parts that you want to be fed by you know Mm -hmm. and then approach it like that
0: i love that that's just great advice and you know i always like to give homework assignments yeah so get out that journal and you know answer those questions you know why do i train or um you know how is it serving you um in your daily life and and what does it provide for you and some people really like to train with others. And that's why group fitness is a thing. Although, you know, as we struggle through the pandemic, it's it's hard to navigate that right now. But, you know, some of us need need others around us. For some of us, it's a solo venture. Um, and so, you know, and I say that to say, there's, there's no wrong way. Um, it's what you want. It's what you like. And that's why it's kind of figuring out, you know, what kind of fitness does move me and, you know, maybe You've never tried yoga, and you try a yoga class, and suddenly that speaks to you, and then you are drawn to your mat every single day, or many days a week, because that's a practice that that fuels you in a certain way. Or you go, oh, I, I don't know too much about this kettlebell thing. Maybe I'll maybe I'll order one, or maybe I'll seek out Muji, or you know, if you're not in this area, you know, somebody that knows something about about the practice. And um, I think it's an amazing. I I love the self discovery process through movement and through fitness it just can unearth so much deep stuff about you mm-hmm. um and it is a you know and it, and just like anything else it can turn to addiction or it can or you can have a very healthy balance with it and and so it's just another thing to navigate mm-hmm. um and you know just learning about yourself and that balance is key and having compassion for yourself like you said mm-hmm. you know when it, it's okay to you know, to wake up and say, you know what, it's probably in my best interest to not train today. Mm. And that's all right.
2: Right.
1: The piece of advice that I tend to give a lot of people is like, we don't want to wait until we have to rest to rest, right? Right. Like, if the only days that we're taking off is the days that we're sick or injured, and we can't really enjoy them, you know, like, I want to take a rest day when I feel a 1000%. You know, that's when I want to spend some extra time with my folks. Like, I don't want to have to, to wait until like I'm burned out, overtrained, or stressed out by my training practice and have to stop and walk away from it to take a break. And that Mm -hmm. could have to do with anything. I think I've probably said it in an earlier podcast in reference to like working Mm -hmm. or something like that. Like I don't wanna go so hard that I feel like I need to recharge. I wanna realize that I have to recharge. I have to, my body has to stop and recover. Like that's what I have to do. Mm It's like what I say in the training practice: Can I train my body to recover? So yeah. can I train myself to recover? Can I give myself the the things necessary for my own personal recovery at the intervals that I need to give myself those things so that I do feel like I can keep going? Mm-hmm. Um, it's like hiking a mountain or something like that. Like you know that you should stop and take a drink of water, grab a quick snack or something like that. You're not going to go all the way to the top until I get to the top and I pass out or I go all the way to the top and I grind all the way back to the bottom and I'm fucked up for a week, (laughs) you know what I mean? And can never climb another mountain again. Like, again, everybody's a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Like, I know that somebody listening to this might be a century rider and they're like, yeah, you guys aren't really even touching the the feeling that I'm getting, you know? But that's true. Like... I don't want to ride a bike hundred miles. Mm-hmm. If I did, I wouldn't, I'd, it wouldn't feed my soul to do that, Right. you know what I mean? Right. Um, but somebody else might not want to do a five-minute set and then stop for two minutes and mm-hmm. then do another five-minute set and then stop for two minutes. Um, somebody else might not want to just train three days a week and take four days off.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: So again, it's what do we need? If somebody's out there who's like, I work out one day a week, it feels amazing. It's because you're amazing.
0: Yeah, and and the other thing, too, it's, you know, Mujib and I had mentioned this before we we hit record, you know, there's we can talk about elite athletes, Olympians, professional players, um, who, you know, that window is very short. Mm. Um, There aren't many 75-year-old professional athletes out there because the body cannot sustain the requirement, what it takes to, you know, be a LeBron James or, um, you know, a Megan Rapino or fill in the blank. I mean, these athletes are literally s- sacrificing themselves um, for the craft or to be a pro athlete into their 30s, maybe 40s if you're lucky, if you're really lucky. Most professional football players aren't going to get past their 20s, let's be honest. And then, of course, you know, they're facing serious, you know, issues with concussions and other things. But so, so to train at that level is, you know, Often when we do the comparison thing, like you can't compare yourself to some of our maybe some of our athlete heroes and, you know, folks that we look up to because, you know, that's a that's a very chosen lifestyle. And that takes I mean, that is just a grind that I can't personally speak to, you know, Um, so I think it's important too to it's just it's easy to do the comparison thing. It's easy not only just to kind of the pros or like other folks that we look up to maybe, but. You know even on social media on instagram you know just just stay off that shit man like (laughs) it just don't worry about it 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 and it's hard it's hard for myself as a trainer mujib and i were talking about this like i'll you know i'll get on instagram and i'll see a female trainer and she's got a hundred thousand followers and she looks a certain way and i'm like i know that she's not any more qualified than i am what does she have that i don't have okay maybe it's the physique right and we can get into a really negative heads- headspace when we, when we go into those places, for me especially. Um, so, you know, trying not to do the comparison thing, which is a really tough ask, I know. <laughs> um, but it's kind of like just as much as you can stay in your own lane, yeah. you know? Yeah.
1: yeah. And I like to also, like, I like to say, and, and if you if you are going to mm-hmm. do that, like, if you do need that sort of, like, carrot, mm-hmm. then start start closer to yourself, you know? Like, I don't never wanna dim anybody's shit down, you know what I mean? So like, I'm not talking to the collegiate basketball player who's about to be in the NBA,
2: mm-hmm.
1: being like, you need to calm down right. on your training. <laughs> yeah. You know, you don't. Um, what I'm talking about is like, somebody who's like me, who's the general practitioner of exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't need to compare myself to like, Mike Tyson in his prime. Right. You know, or to like LeBron James for that matter. Like those guys have six figure massage therapists that they work with. Right. They have people who their that they're only does this person's only job is to figure out how this person can maintain their health. Mm-hmm. That person, that trainer doesn't they don't play basketball at all. Mm-hmm. Their only job is to make sure that LeBron James can keep on running and jumping and dunking and blocking people's shots, you know. Yep. Um so Again, if you are going to go that route, then give yourself some of that extra shit too. Yeah. Do a sauna, get a massage, Yep. you know, hot tub for a day. Go to Disney World when you hit your PR. Yeah. Do whatever you do that gives you the same accoutrements that come with those athletes. Like yeah. LeBron James has a fucking $30 million house because he's beating the shit out of his body. Yep. Go buy yourself something nice. Yeah. right if you're gonna exercise that hard, get yourself a nice pair of shoes or take yourself out to dinner or something like that, so again, be good to yourself mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. this, you mm-hmm. know, and understand that like that's where the compassion comes in mm. you know, love yeah. the body that's giving you that feeling that's allowing you to do that thing and yeah and and again, uh, like uh award it, reward it, right You said something about Ben and Jerry's like, I don't eat Ben and Jerry's, but I love fucking ice cream mm-hmm. a lot mm-hmm. Shout out to Ben and Jerry. <laughs> um, for sure. Shout out Jerry. Yeah. Uh, Greenfield. Um,
0: <laughs> These guys are good. They're doing a lot of good stuff in the social justice realm right now, too. So, yeah, shout out. <laughs> and I do love Ben and Jerry, so. <laughs> Had some last night, everybody. <laughs> <Right>. Full
2: disclosure.
1: <laughs> right. And reward yourself. You work hard. You yeah. You know what I mean? And that's no what regrets. I mean. it's, like, it's, it's just do that thing that makes you feel good in every direction, you know, mm-hmm. and, and and yeah, again, I say that from the standpoint of somebody who's always, I'm working on all, my own shit all the time. Yeah. Like, I'm, I have my own demons. I have my own voices in my head that are telling me that I'm this way or I'm that way. So I'm not speaking from a high horse of somebody who's mm. just like the trainer god or whatever. Um, so hear me. <laughs> <Go> <laughs> do something good for yourself today.
0: Yeah. I, I, I love that too. And I think, you know, our listeners will you know can relate you know this is this is week 12 we've been at this for 3 months i feel like you know you guys know a lot about us and you know we're just you know we're not trying to be on a pedestal or a pulpit here and telling telling you how to live your life you know we're 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 being honest we're being vulnerable with you know our personal journeys and and what we're up to and just sharing a little bit about what we've learned about ourselves and about life along the way and yeah i think ultimately it's you know live with compassion lead with compassion but you do you you know and 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 if, and if i can say like a final thought you know if it feels good do more of it and if it doesn't feel good try to eliminate as much of that as you can
1: that's a perfect final thought <laughs> that's the best way to end
0: awesome so uh this has been another awesome episode if i do <laughs> if i can say that of let's get to it i thank you guys so much for being on this journey with us and just allowing us to get real with you every single week My name is Sarah. My name is Mujib. Take care, everyone.